Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss the turbo graphics, real dolls, and synthetic meat. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. We're back. It's, it's, it's June 13th. You can tell by the sweat. That's the date that we're recording this. Today was very mild. Oh, mild. Rained anything over like 62 degrees, I'm sweating. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like Laura, Laura and Zelda. Zelda, just, Zelda defined this as medium. She wants medium. Uh-huh. She's like, I don't like it when it's hot. I like medium. <laughs> and I'm so like, cute. I'm like, yeah. I like. I want it to be hot, so hot that I could be in the nude outdoors and still be uncomfortably warm. That's what I'm looking no. for. I want it to be like a sauna. No. I want it to be 95 fucking degrees. No. Every day. No. Yes. No, sorry. I'm so tired of this weather. I want it to be warm and I like, sunny. Like late October into November, where what? like you I, throw a, a, a yeah, you throw like it, a yeah, hoodie on. Or, no, yeah. but like, but like, and but it's like cozy. Somebody's like, yeah. here's some cider, and it's hot, and you're yeah. like, oh, that warmed me up. Okay, that's bit. nice. That's great. <laughs> that's that's the nice. Best. Okay, that's really wonderful. That's a, sounds I like fucking a, hate sweating. No. I don't like being okay, outside. Great. I don't you like and have a long time. I'm so happy. I agree. I hate mosquitoes too. I'm with you on that. But you know what's wonderful. The sun, the trees with the leaves, the grass growing, the birds chirping, the flowers in bloom, the fragrant, the the odor of white lilacs uh, uh, wafting through the air. All I smell are cum trees. Okay, that's because you live in New York, out in the country where I am. No, even with the one or two White lilacs. When I was real thin, like have the beginning of the abs thin, Uh, I thought, this is going to unlock summer. I wouldn't know anything anything about that. I'm going to, like, I'm going to live it up. And it was like the era of like loud dance music that was like, we're going to the beach. And I was like, I'm going to, this is my summer. We put on Katy Perry and I got in the car and I was like, no, I just hate summer. (laughs) <laughs> it has nothing to do with my body. No, it has nothing what? to do with like Fine. liking the beach or Fine. wanting to be seen. It just ends up I hate summer. Uh, look, okay, I hear what you're saying. But I would rather it be winter. I think you're wrong, and that's a disgusting attitude, and I am very offended by it, and I hate you for saying it. I This is, by the way. I mean, you're getting your wish, global warming. I don't want the global situation to get hotter. I do want to be in warmer weather more often. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not going to Florida. This is a goodbye to all that podcast. Josh goes to L.A. Ingrid, God, yes. Ingrid goes west. Yes, I'm ready. I'm 100% ready to go to L.A. I'm just, it's all, my whole life is about trying to figure out a way to get to L.A. My whole existence is now geared towards how do I get to L.A. immediately. <laughs> so I can hate it there. Josh Hollywood. <laughs> Josh Hollywood. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Okay, so we're back. It's another week. A lot of shit going on. A crazy ass week. I mean, E3's happening. There's some massive political shit going down. Uh, uh, you know Joe Rogan. I assume did something or when? When is he not? I don't know. I'm just a lot like of tech stuff. Tech, bunch of tech things happening. Uh, we already talked about Apple stuff last week. So there's not much to say there. Where's your list? When I, get I mean, back they're killing there. lightning. Mm. Good lightning will never die. Um, this is what a rumor that Apple's going to kill the lightning. Yeah, it's the most annoying. It's such an obnoxious. It's so, such. It was good when they first introduced it, but we're at a it point. Was, it was good. Like, they were like, you could do either side. That's like a, that was a pretty big improvement on what we'd been doing. 
it's kind of amazing. A long time ago. It's sort of amazing that when they came up with like, you know, like, so outlets used to not have the little one and the big one. Mm-hmm. And then they changed that. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't remember what the reason is. There's but some technical grounding. Some, or, or like kids. Voltage. Children or something. But anyhow, but you'd think like when somebody makes a connector, like an, like the headphone jack is like, you can plug it in however you want. It's spherical. Yeah. It's a it's circular. It's like you Apple's can't. Apple's original iPod one, like you needed to squeeze two things, push it in yeah. at the right yes. angle. Yes, it was like they were like this. This like you're gonna it's have like this child plug- safe. You're gonna plug in a lot, and it could e- become easily dislodged. So we need to make sure that. And then they it had pulls a, it, then, the whole iPhone. But then Apple had the brilliant idea of doing the mag, the the, the magnetic connector. Ma- what do they call it? Mag- MagSafe. MagSafe. And that was not. That was great. Single sided. You I think you could put that in either direction. Anyway. That, but they made like nine versions of it. So you'd be like, "Do you have a charger?" Yeah, and they, had, be like, they sold that little adapter. There was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. They have this like literally. It's the size of a, a like a like a fingernail clipping, <laughs> and it's like this is a thing to adapt your old charger to this new slightly different were one. Literally, like literally no difference. Yeah, like there was no no no. It's just like they just changed the shape so they could sell you the adapter and or a new charger. But the interesting thing is, uh, they knew that it was good to be able to plug it in. However, without thinking about it. And then they made the lightning, which is the lightning connector makes a lot of sense. But it's insane that 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 other that we've like the when they made USB, they're like, it'll just go in one way, and if you don't put it in that way, you will break that, you'll snap the plastic inside of it. Okay, yeah, like it's it's a very frustrating thing to like like all of the USBs that precede um, USB C, like micro USB and all that. Micro and, is honestly comical. Micro's insane because it's like you can't even see. No, you're wait, just no, like wait, splashing wait, micro, up the bottom that, of your micro, PlayStation mi- Vita as that, you shove. Yeah, it's mini USB is the bigger one, which at least you can see where it goes. Yeah. But micro is like it's a joke. they're trying to get you to destroy the connector, basically. <laughs> or but anyhow, scratch things up. But so USB-C is amazing. It's going to be great. And they're doing everything square I have, cameras. Everything's getting a square camera. Everything picture. I have, everything I have is USB C now, and I love it. iPhone. They're all Anyhow, so square. yeah. So then, okay. So then, uh, so the new iPhone's gonna have a square camera. It's a square camera block or whatever. But apparently, the Pixel Four is going to have a square camera block. Here's the thing. Okay, let's talk about Pixel Four for a second. So people were like leaking it. Mm-hmm. Like so we got like a leaked design or a leaked render or whatever. And then Google's like, oh, here's the phone. Just like put it out there, which I have to say very is very radio head of the them. fucking move. That's the move now. That's the the ante has been up. The Bezos. They're like, yeah, it's a phone. Here's what it looks like. Big fucking deal. Wait, do you see what it does? Now I'm like excited. By the way, I'm missing my Pixel a lot. Although I have to say, the One Plus has some very interesting features that I do enjoy. I do miss my Pixel, and I think oh, I'm, y'all get one. I guess I, I guess I'm not going to get the screen fixed on the one that I have. No, I'm going to wait. Get the four to get the four, mm-hmm. which I hope they release sooner than October because they always release in October, and October is a long fucking time from now. Yeah. So why are you showing us the phone if you're releasing shit in October? Don't cut fuck, off, cut off those leakers. Don't fuck with me, Google. Anyhow, so they showed it. It's got a square. It looks exactly like the back of the new iPhone, apparently. Yeah. Or vice versa. The new notch. Who cares? If it has a notch, I'm gonna go fucking ballistic. <laughs> Notches are bullshit. And I'll tell you something I learned from one the OnePlus Seven Pro, which is a, too much, too many names. You don't need a notch. You don't even need a fucking in-display camera. You need a little machine, mechanical camera that pops up from the top of the phone. And you know how many times I've used it since I've had the phone? Like one time to do some selfies with Zelda. I just am not using that camera. It's not something I'm getting, I'm investing in. And uh, anyhow, so I really like, I'm loving uh, not having a notch at all and not having a dot and not having to worry about my display being broken by disgusting holes, camera holes. All right, I'm done. I'm done ranting. 
Well, do you want to talk about E3? Because mm-hmm. there's something you do like. I got a lot to say about the Nintendo um, presentation, by the way. Oh, I was talking about the mini TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. So, <laughs> Konami of all people, which apparently owns now You're owns... ranting about how you hate mini consoles and all it <laughs> okay, took. Okay, okay, okay. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will, uh, I'm going to deliver for you right now. Truth bomb. A truth bomb that you're going to have to receive and enjoy. <laughs> detonate. <laughs> it's going to detonate in your brain. Uh, the TurboGrafx-16 Mini is like a whole different level of mini console. Do you know why? Why? Because that fucker plays CD games, okay? EA's book one and two, available on the American version and the Japanese version. Dracula X is on the Japanese version. That's a C, That's a super CD game. They got to bring that over. So so I'm obviously going to buy the Japanese one if there's an English language option on it, because if there isn't- And it will be hackable. I would hope, but the fucking point is, if it has the ROMs to play CDs, now that opens up the whole world of like, content there's so much great cd content and it's so it's different than like the nes where it's like here's some nes games i mean it's basically like they're kind of like going they're sort of like here's the mini genesis but also it can play like saturn games yeah or sega cd or sega cd which i I don't think it does or 32x but like that's cool to me that makes it worth it yeah well the playstation classic which is like 30 bucks runs a lot of shit like it's a pretty powerful thing but it requires some hacking. You have to hack it. Yeah. But I said what's interesting is like it's really hard to play. I mean, it's CD. a piece of shit on its own. <laughs> like a lot of the emulators you can get for um like I have here's a good example of some of the problems. I playing bought, a Sega C D game in emulation is requires you to solve a Sphinx like puzzle. And it's it's like, tough. You gotta like, get the ROM. You, you gotta for the, get the national treasure um back of the constitution and, and like a glow light and then you have I've to, never seen it. You have to dig up somewhere and then there's a sonic head made of gold and you oh, pop yeah, it open yeah. and then in there is is a chow and you have to talk to the chow and solve its riddles three. Wow. <laughs> then you can play <laughs> then you can Snatcher. finally then you can finally play. <laughs> I actually did play the Sega CD version of Snatcher, uh, and it was a pain in the ass. I mean, I had to do it on a PC or whatever. Yeah, but it's like, a nightmare. But like, but but the thing that's interesting about the Turbo Graphics is like, I bought a Turbo Duo, which is the Japanese version of the second version of. So the Turbo Graphics when it was released, there was the Turbo Graphics 16, and then it got a, it had a CD-ROM attachment. You could like slide a CD-ROM uh, player on the back of it, and that gave you like CD capabilities. But then they released a thing called the uh, Turbo Duo, which mm-hmm. was the whole console was all like it was like a CD and the Hue card slot. This is such a cool thing that so many people care about. Um, the cards were cool though. The cards were cool, but you needed then you needed to play later stage CD games had a different ROM with more memory, mm-hmm. and you needed the you memory. needed the later the later. So 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 the way you play the CD games with the later ones is you put a Hue card in the. Hue card slot that was like the drivers essentially or like the 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 storage for the like CD. Like an expansion pack. Yeah. So I bought a Turbo Duo, a Japanese modded Turbo Duo to play on my TV, like a real one. And I got this card, which is called, I can't think of the name of it now, but it's a card that's like you can stick an, a micro SD card into, but it's a Hue card. Like an EverDrive. It's an EverDrive. It's Ever. It's an EverDrive. Mm-hmm. It's a TurboGrafx EverDrive. Anyhow, so, so then, so you can put CD games on it. That's cool. But... The CD games on an actual console won't play because they have to boot the ROM from the Hue card, and then mm. you boot the CD game like through that or onto that or with that. But you can't do it because it's already running the ROM from the. So you have to have the physical CD to play it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, that's a nightmare. So yes, it's a nightmare. Even though I have the hardware, <laughs> okay. So or I'd have to go get the card, the CD 
ROM, the original ROM card and the CD. I actually do own somewhere. I have a cu- fucking copy. And then just to put out an HDMI, you need like a Frame Meister. Well, I have a Frame Meister. Yeah. No, yes, it's a seven hundred dollars setup. Okay, it's a ridiculous. <laughs> you can't play Snatcher. It's, no, I well, you can play Snatcher. Well, there is a. I, there's a Japanese language version of Snatcher for the Turbo Graphics. You can't play. There's no English translation because they never so brought it out. So this is huge for you. They never brought it out. Well, what's huge is well, they're not going to really. If they release Snatcher with an English language translation, that would be a fucking showstopper. What I also would like them to release is a game called Dead of the Brain. Dead of the Brain is a game that came out, I believe, for the MSX originally, and then was like ported to the Turbo Graphics. Might have been Turbo Graphics originally. It's a Japanese game, which is like a zombie. It's like a survival horror, like zombie murder mystery, which is very similar to Snatcher. Dead of the Brain 1 and 2 is what they're called. Um, but, like, there are literally videos of, like, people playing through the game and, like, translating. Anyhow, this is all... I'm way down a fucking rabbit hole. My point is, I think that the Mini... The TurboGrafx Mini has extra value because you can play fucking CD games on it, which means it has the ROM to play CD games, which means I can, at some point, hack it to put Dracula X and any other fucking game I want and play yeah. that shit, and that's going to rip. Yeah, and that and there ends my rant about how I will be buying all of the different versions. Well, of this. before we move on, oh, you know, in Japan and in Europe, it's a different console. Yeah, in Japan, it's the PC Engine, and in Europe, it's the fucking like Mega, core, dra- not Mega, uh, Core Core it's Graphics, the core graphics or whatever the fuck PC it's Engine. Yeah, um, they just look different though. I might have. That's to buy why all I got the Fami- Super Famicom uh, Mini that's, because that's it looks much. Does better. it have English language settings on it? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So then it'll probably that'll probably be the same for this. Yeah. Um. I'm going to buy every mini console that comes out. But before we move on from it, I will say I saw a commercial for PS4 last night. It emphasizes, it says, like, come to PlayStation for exclusive retro content. And I was like, retro games are in commercials. Like, it's a selling point for the console. My people will rise I mean, I I wrote this thing about this game, Narita Boy, which is currently in development. I just got an update about it. It looks fucking awesome. It was a Kickstarter project. And meanwhile, they were like, oh, if we hit our $200,000 goal, we'll do a Switch port. I'm like, you better fucking do a Switch port for this because it's, like, really a perfect Switch game from what I can tell. But um, but I wrote this thing about, like, this, the true video game aesthetic. This is like, a couple years ago when, it, when the Kickstarter was out or whatever. But I do think that's interesting that, like, we continue to we continue to be excited about and gravitate towards, like, games that look like – that don't look like new games. They look yeah. like – I mean, there's, like, new versions of them, but the graphics are kind of grounded in, like – the art of eight and sixteen bit games from like our our youth, but for many people who play games who pl- love those games, they this is they're experiencing this as like a they're in their youth yeah. experiencing like the retro version. Well, that art like style a retro got game. really refined, and yeah. there's not a ton of places to go with two D besides that. You know what I mean? And the pixel gives you a like nice little limitation or like a signature style to work within. Like I was, yeah. I'm throwing around the idea just working on like on the side like a funny little game project and we were talking about it and you were talking about like doing it as a triple a and i was like but i think my the aesthetic i would want to work in is a retro game for some reason even playing retro the retro versions of pokemon which we should talk about what's going on with pokemon um it's better because it leaves some of it to your imagination you get like the suggestion of the pokemon but like in your imagination it can be like the cool realistic like monster that you're battling but when you actually have the 3d models in the games it's like this is so cutesy and cartoony and it doesn't just a little disappointing like it there's something about like the imaginations being taken away it's like if a book would had every character and every single location illustrated in it like graphic novels are graphic novels but like a novel functions on its own because a lot of it's in your imagination right so like it's like when you first saw Harry Potter and you're like, I didn't know I pictured this differently. Yeah. Um I didn't have that experience because I didn't read the book. Hmm. So I never knew the magic of Harry Potter. Too busy with your rune hounding. I find Harry Potter to be kind of a problematic 
character. We can't get into this right now. I'm not going to talk about it, but I have some problems with his whole. It's transphobic. With his whole. No, <laughs> I don't, that's not at all what my critique is. Going I mean, to be. he is, but I I can imagine it. <laughs> I see it. Um, it. There's a scene in Harry Potter where all his friends drink a potion to look exactly like him, and um, that means all his friends have seen his dick. That's interesting. Do you think they checked out their... Oh, if you turned into someone else, what's the first thing you're going to do? I don't know. I would be, I would try to fool somebody to give me money. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, it's me, hey. Harry Potter. Can I have 10 bucks? I'm, I'm going to save the world, I guess, because that's my destiny. Because right, I'm, the, I'm good. Okay. I'm good and everybody knows it. Secretly, I'm... it's Hermione. Well, anyhow, I'm very excited about the Turbo Graphics Mini. Well, in other E3... Yes. Bombast. So much E3 stuff. Nintendo truly owned. Did they? Yeah. I don't know, man. Banjo Kazooie and Smash. That does nothing for me. I'm I find most of Nintendo ga- Nintendo's games to be totally uninteresting. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I do not get the thing with Nintendo where people are like, I love like like the new Animal Crossing. Out of your mind. No, I just don't get it. I just don't feel anything for ba- fucking Donkey Kong. Like I've no You're talking interest. to a Sega kid. I have no. I, I have no interest in Donkey Kong. Totally you know who rips Wonder Boy? Wonder Boy gets no credit. Wonder Boy fucking rules. Sure. Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy in Monsterland on the fucking Master System is a masterpiece. It's also great on the Switch. I was partial to Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon was transphobic. I think everybody knows, <laughs> uh, and also got me too a couple of years ago. So that's not cool. Um, anyhow, okay. So wait, getting back. Wait, where, oh, where does Tails fall? Nintendo. On the Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Tails Prower has some opinions about Palestine. Is that his full name? Yeah. Oh wow, that's in, that's in, that's unnecessary. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, the 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 um Nintendo owned. I'm sorry, Gooigi, Animal Crossing. None of it does anything for me. The only thing I was remotely interested in was like, whoa, Resident Evil. They're like Resident Evil. Like, yeah, Resident Ugh, Five and, and Six. What though. is so weird? It's Resident Evil Five and Six, and then Resident Evil One, but like remastered graphics, and it's like, how about Resident Evil Two? But also, what's sad about the Switch is they're like. The Witcher 3. It's like, The Witcher 3 came out in 2014, guys. Yeah. Or like, wait, when did The Witcher... Oop. But it is technically like a portable version, so... I get it. It's cool. I huh? mean, I own so many copies of Skyrim. I could play Skyrim in VR. I could play it on the toilet. I could play it on my phone. Like, 2015. It's just like, this like yeah. L.A. Noir, which I bought. I'm like, oh, yeah, this game I was playing like on my 360 or something. And like now it's like, I just wish it was... I don't know. It's fine. I'm sure it's going to look terrible. I mean, The Witcher... The console version is really intense, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't play because it it's too complicated. I, the Witcher. I don't have the time. I'll talk about Skyrim in a second, but like, um, this is like The Witcher Three. I remember it's like collect this bark. We've talked about this before. It's like mm-hmm. it's like one of the first things you do. It's like you need to get this bark and this other route. And it's like, dude, I don't. I can't be riding around looking for bark right now. <laughs> I, I have a life. I have a kid. I can't. You can't make me do that. It was like hours. I mean, that was me hitting a wall in Red Dead where I was like, I can't care for this horse anymore. Oh, no. I I, 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 I frankly... bailed so hard out of Red Dead because it's just like you got to re- – you could basically have to be like, I quit my job. <laughs> my I now have a career in – I'm a cowboy. I'm a cowboy, a professional cowboy in Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeehaw. I, my horse is well cared for. I've really – I've put a lot of money in the at the camp. You know, everybody's eating well. It's like that's what I do for a living now. I mean, like you really have to commit. It's just I don't know who, I don't know who else is has the time for this. But it definitely, it definitely ain't me. You're gonna you're gonna put the time into Cyberpunk 2077. Well, okay. My one of my fears about great segue by the way. One of my fears about Cyberpunk 2077 is that it's gonna be too much like The Witcher, which, no pun intended, Uh which (laughs) 
which again, I was like, it's like this game looks cool and maybe it could be fun. I mean, maybe I'll bust it out. Like, I haven't turned my Xbox on in like a long time. Yeah, well, I have. I feel no bad. I bought reason. my brother an Xbox One for his birthday a couple years ago because that's like what I was playing a lot, even though I had both. And everybody I know was like, why did you get him an Xbox? Like, PS, we all have PS4s. Like, why? You know, like all the other friends in our friend group. So I feel really bad. I was thinking about getting a PT version of the PlayStation 4 and giving him mine just so I could play, finally play PT. You're out of control. Seems like a bad idea. But the minute I you log in, money it's like gone, that. right? Well, I think you can play it without being logged in. Okay. Like, I think or it's add there. Add another account. No, I think it's like, yeah, you can add another account, but I think it's there. Okay. I don't know. It seems like a real fucking hassle. I don't want to deal with it. But I do want to play it. Mm-hmm. Not this, like, recreation. I don't know why they just don't, like, make it available. Anyhow. Yeah, Cyberpunk. So my fear is, first off, I mean, my fear is it's going to be a bad game. That's a big fear. Why is that your fear? We've seen well, gameplay somebody footage. Just did, somebody just said they, I mean, I just read a thing on Polygon or Kotaku or something. They were like, they were like, oh, the the fighting the in-game bat, you know, uh, combat looks pretty bad, and like the well, AI. They are CD Projekt is known for crunch, so yeah, but like, they're it's coming out in a year. Yeah, they're well, not rushing it. I mean, for I a mean, game, they're rushing. This Do you know when the size. first trailer for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was? Sure, but oh. I mean, for a game that size, like, what did Dragon Age Inquisition take seven years to? I don't know. I've never played. Is it good? It, I mean, it's great, but they, they took a very long time and they delayed it. Twenty thirteen. 2013, January 10th, the beginning. So what's been going on? That Dude, not out 2013, yet. this fucking trailer was released six years ago. <laughs> six years. Now, I know games take a long time. Yeah. It's going to be seven years in development. <laughs> seven fucking years. But you can get an acrylic bust of characters you don't know anything about if you pre-order. If I can't get a... Uh, if, I, if I can't, if they don't have hot, swappable penises in this game, I'm going to lose my mind. I want to. I want every, Harry Potter's penis. I want to be able to put fucking like a uh, razor fingernails on my hands and like a fucking fin. I want a fin. I want to have like I want to have fucking dragon legs, street sharks. Yeah, I want. Stri- I want to have like a shark tail, a functional a nanotech shark tail that does like scatter bombs. Mm-hmm. I don't know why wouldn't you, I don't know. Couldn't I, couldn't I just body mod myself into like a dinosaur in Cyberpunk 2077? That's I, my interest. That's we, what I'm we, interested in. We truly in. don't with know a, enough about With a detachable game, yeah. penis, that's what I'm interested in. With a hot swappable <laughs> pet set of genitals. Almost eight years later, we truly don't know if that's a possibility. I know. So, okay. So, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out next year. Starring Keanu Reeves. Okay. So they, they bring Keanu Reeves out. Keanu Reeves is just, I'm sorry. Whatever's going on with him, the man's just crushing it. So hard right yeah. now. I mean, Keanu, Keanu Reeves has always been pretty cool. Yeah. Like, let's be clear. It's not like he suddenly became cool. People, like, didn't like Keanu Reeves because he had kind of a surfer accent in a couple roles, and that was like- Well, he always that. played, like, but he also played, like, he was, like, the dumb guy. Yeah. He was, like, the woe like, guy. Whoa. But Keanu's always been really cool. You know, he's, cool you, know, it's a very tra- you know, it's a very tragic story. Do you know that Keanu Reeves has a tremendous tragedy? No. So I don't know if you know, but like Keanu Reeves actually had like a kind of insane tragedy in his life that I feel like nobody knows about or talks about. Like what happened? So so in in um, 1999, he was married uh, to a woman named Jennifer Syme. They had a kid who was eight months. Uh, she, she was eight months pregnant. She was and she gave birth to a stillborn baby. Oh dear God. Okay, and then and then um, she got into. Uh, 
uh, in 2001, she was in like a car accident and died. Jesus. Christ. And 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 so like he had this insane like um set of tragic things happen all like at the when like the How Matrix came out. No, it's like that. not a well-known like thing. Height of his so like thing. when he answered that question on on the Colbert show about like what happens after we die or whatever, like I was like, oh, this is like actually Oof. like he definitely has like very personal uh like definitely very has a very personal like take on this question i'm sure mm-hmm. oh wait actually it's, it's it's his girlfriend not his wife ah anyhow but 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 keanu reeves is just like there's like a lot of stuff going on right now that he's just getting back to the fun stuff john the whole john wick thing is you know blowing up like that's a huge thing there's a there's always this, be my maybe there's this always be my maybe which i was like it was a very good turn for him like mm-hmm. it, him being that character is just perfect oh, it's amazing um there's this there's this thing going around this photo, which is just an incredible photo of, of Keanu Reeves posing for pictures with women where he's not touching them. Yeah, he puts like, his hand around. Like 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 you like I po- look, I post for pictures of people where like I'll just like naturally like just put my arm around them. Men, women, whatever, because it's you kind of just do that when like they'll put their arm around your shoulder or whatever. Clearly Keanu's been coached by somebody. Like this is definitely not his own idea, but you know somebody is like, Okay, Keanu, listen, it's we're living in the Me Too era. Do not fuck around. I don't want to see hands on anything. And he literally has his hands floating in the background of every picture. He's like, I'm not touching anybody, which is a cool move. I mean, I'm glad he's doing it. If Keanu Reeves can learn it, why can't Joe Biden? Well, it's a di- he's from a different era. Sure. You know, an, yeah. era, an era of philanderers yeah. and creeps. Um, Pre-enlightenment. Don't get me started on that whole thing. Did you hear this thing? He was at some- <laughs> The Enlightenment? Was, no, no, no. Joe Biden. He was at some thing. Josh has some hot take. He was at some event with like, and he was talking to some girl who was like 13. Oh, yeah. And then, like, and then he's like said to her brother, he's like, your job is to keep guys away from her. Did and you it's see like, the compilation it's of like, times what? he said that? It's like, what? Why is that their job? Why is it their job? But also, what are you think? Why are you thinking about this? I read a good piece where it was like the audience for Joe Biden telling girls that like, don't date till you're 30 is not the little girl or her parents. It's for like men at home to understand his- like perspective on women like the psychology of it and i was like this is just all gross it's very strange but it's like trump it's like when trump's like talking about some fucking 10 year old he's like i'll be dating her in 10 years it's like why does this enter your mind when he was like, like why Uncle is... wasn't my daughter yeah he's like being like every two weeks um anyhow okay getting back to keanu reeves who's a good guy yeah great as far guy. as we know i hope he doesn't get canceled i'll feel really yeah. bad i'd be really upset if he gets canceled that'd be like mr rogers getting canceled that's like a great fear that I think we all live with. That Mister, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Mister Rogers. Dead, so like a lot of, that yeah, is... but still, it would really fuck up a lot of yeah. people's like memories. Yeah. Anyhow, he's not, as far as I know, no cancellation Remember on Mister Rogers. Remember we canceled Mother Teresa? Yeah. <laughs> what did she, she do? She's kind of a bitch. What did she do? Oh, she was mean. Yeah, she was like really mean. And you know what? Oh, she also people. like didn't believe in God, right? Yeah. She was like, I think God is actually bullshit. Yeah, she was a weapons manufacturer. That's cool. <laughs> That's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Anyhow, so then, so Keanu Reeves, uh, so so he comes out in the surprise announcement he's in the trailer the like cinematic trailer for cyberpunk 2077 he like shows up at the end and you're like oh shit and then he comes out at e3 and he's super charming and you know he's just everybody just loves him he's just great he can do no wrong yeah which is like why now i'm on high alert for him to, to do wrong yeah you know it's just a, you know short we're just a short walk away from the cancellation of keanu reeves which is a miniseries i'm working on for fx <laughs> Uh, all right. So what else? So Cyberpunk. I just hope it's good. I hope the combat system gets fixed. I hope that it is uh, not. I would really like a world. I would love a Fallout three level world where I feel like I'm really can just get totally immersed in the game and in the universe without getting like bored. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, I didn't get bored in that game. I, there's a lot of games I get bored in. Like I'm playing. I, as you know, I've been playing Days Gone. 
So it's called Days Gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all right, how do I get to the plot? I got to fast. Like, I'm not doing any side shit. I'm not doing anything I don't have to do. They're like, you got to clear out this nest. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, <laughs> I need to move this story forward now. Yeah. I cannot wait around. I probably should do some of the side missions. It doesn't help that, like, usually when I'm playing, I'm like a couple drinks in, and I'm like, I got about, I, fell out I got a solid half hour on me. I fell out of Octopath Traveler because I was like, I'm not grinding with like weird little worms I have to fight to like get to the next. Just tell me what's fucking happening. I don't know. It's hard now. I mean, the games they gotta move. Quick. They're, they're so big. I can't put ninety hours in every fucking game. I would say right. It's like yes. It's like it's exactly what we're talking with Red Dead. I think it's the same thing like with um, Far Cry Five, which like is has mildly entertaining parts. Mm-hmm. Beautiful game, really fun to play, but like I find myself unable to like stick with it. Like, which is, I would say there's a game like a Horizon Zero Dawn, totally the opposite. Unbelievably, like, like every night I was like, I gotta get back to this game. I have to get back to this universe. I have to find out what's going on. I think Just, the, the message here is that we have to pick one AAA title every six months and then you can play lots of little. Little yeah. indie games in the meantime, but I'm over, I'm past the point where I can just like purchase multiple AAA titles and hammer through them. Like Bioshock, you used to be able to just like get through Bioshock. You could just like in a week or two knock it out and be like, ah, that was great. And if you wanted to like replay it with extra like New Game Plus or whatever, that was an on the table for you. Actually, speaking of fucking AAA games that I'm pissed off about, you're not going to care about this, but new Pokemon game looks like ass. It looks so bad, and I kind of deep dived into what I think is the reason why. Um, but I'm pissed off. They're not in every version of Pokemon you've been able to import old Pokemon. So you mm-hmm. could quote unquote catch them all. Uh-huh. You would have like a Has anybody ever caught all the Pokemons? Um can't be done, right? Yeah, I have all of them. You have every Pokemon. Yes. Well you should let them go. I think it's wrong. My issue is you can't they are introducing a product called Pokemon Home where every Pokemon done all the current places can be put there. And then you can take them out and put them in other games. But you can't do it in the new game, which only has a limited amount of Pokemon in it. And all your Pokemon basically be stuck in this home thing that you have to pay for every month. Um, and it's insane because Pokemon is the biggest money-making franchise. Were you just saying that Nintendo period. is crushing it? This isn't Nintendo's issue. So Pokemon, but in my deep dive of this... But it's part of the... Yes, but Pokemon is owned one-third by Nintendo, who does the merchandising and licensing and the side games and all that stuff. It's owned one third by Game Freak, the developer, and one third by the Creatures Inc. who run like who manage the IP. Right. So okay. the issue is Game Freak only makes money on the games. They don't make money on the TV shows or the toys and stuff. Nintendo has no say creatively over the games. So if Game Freak only puts out a, puts out a game every year, say one of which is a re-release and the next one next or like a remake and the next year is a new one, they have such a small team and they I guess don't quote they they act like they don't have the budget or whatever, but. They're saying that they can't animate every single Pokemon. It's too much. There's over 800. There's just too many models, too many attacks, blah, blah, mm. blah. Well, this is, we're living in the age of, of infinite storage. I don't believe that. But it's like, yeah, fuck off. Just hire more people. Also, fans have done this already. You have the models from older games that look great when, like, you can play the 3DS games in emulation and blow them up to 1080p. They look fantastic. I don't understand. The game looks like a PS3 game, uh, the story looks like shit. And basically, like, they just know they're going to print money with these games, and they have a schedule for the anime to come out, so they're just going to rush whatever they can out. And they don't put any, like, care into it. And it's crazy because it's the biggest money-making franchise in the world. And at some point, I think Nintendo just needs to buy the rights from Game Freak, pay them off a bunch of money, sign some kind of deal where they'll publish whatever games Game Freak actually wants to be making because they seem really burned out. But it's fucking wild because it's a triple-A title, one of the most popular franchises in the world. Look at Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, 
Like, even Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is stale at this point, but those are all the best versions of all those games. This looks mm. like shit. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember looking at the trailer and being so excited because it has a free-moving 3D camera. Like, as if this is the Dreamcast. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Why am I excited for the bare minimum from these people? And so I think E3, when a lot of these announcements came out, um, the fandom of Pokemon, which I hate words like fandom and Pokemon community. Mm. But yeah, like the, very bad. The fans uh, on Reddit and on various blogs are basically screaming about the state of things and the state of this franchise and I don't know I wanted to make mention of it so that if anyone here works for Nintendo or the Pokemon wow. company I'd Definitely. like you to hear <clears throat> that it fucking sucks Okay, and I'm not buying it wow you're going to buy it. You're definitely going to buy it. You they, always buy it. You're they always never like, release DLC. You're they always like you you're always like, I'm not buying it and then you buy it. I'll probably buy it used. You're obsessed with the with all of the Pokemon. I'm not I'm, I'm feeling I have been pretty good about not using YouTube because I've been pissed at YouTube oh. if I can do that I can skip oh, Pokemon yeah. release. Yeah, YouTube is bad. I'll spend more time on Persona. Anyway, uh, uh, to move on from me ranting about things I don't like. Uh, yeah, it was a real rant. Let's I mean, hear, you really went for it. Let's hear some things you don't like because Facebook is now keeping Ooh. up all deep fakes and edited videos. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think deep fakes are cool now. Even people them. were putting up ones of Mark Zuckerberg and like him well, to try I, to piss them off. I'll say this at the very least, they're being consistent. I do think deep fakes are a problem, a serious problem, but also I don't see any way possible for us to literally like control it. I think like there has to be, again, this is a thing I've said many times. I do think like it's all about getting people literate in how the news functions and how they should see when, when they see things how they should take them at the fir- at first blush. Media literacy is a huge problem, but I do think if we think large enough, maybe we don't need everyone to be able to upload as much as they want everywhere all. Now it's funny cuz like I will be the first person to say I do not like Apple's App Store policies. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they are very restrictive about what they put on the App Store. And by the way, and still there's a bunch of garbage on the but App Store. But it's different because I own this device, I should be able to do what I want with it. I don't own YouTube. That's a that's a platform. That's like a place I go to. But well, it's like the way the best way to think of YouTube in some ways is like a TV network, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's like they they the, this content. I mean, it would be one thing if they were like, we host the content, and you can use the search engine to find it, and that's all we do. Like we use, you can use Google to find a piece of content you're looking for, and then we'll show you the content. If that was all Google did. Sorry, YouTube did same thing. Um, I think there might be it might be a little bit less of a problem. What they actually are doing is like they're like we host the we let you put the content up, we host it, we give you tools to make it, we pay people to make it, we sell ads against it and give you some of that money so you can get paid to make content. We have studios where people make content in them. We have a search engine, but the search engine also works frictionlessly when you watch content to predict what you want to see next, and we put more of that content on. So I think when you get into a place where they're essentially programming it for people, mm-hmm. like when you think about what people watch on YouTube, like if I watch a video on YouTube, if I watch, let's say, you know, Scream and Shout by Will I Am and Brittany, uh, which I have done many times, hundreds of times, maybe perhaps thousands, it then recommends a video to me based on what it thinks I'll like, you know? Is it Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus, possibly. Or is it a video of a radicalized alt-right guy telling me that uh, Jews should be banned? Probably that. 
But the point is, YouTube is, whether it wants to or not, now in the job of programming content for me. And I think that when you get to that place, you basically can think of them as like a TV network. And TV networks used to do one thing pretty well, which is like, not just anybody can have a show. They wouldn't like force me to watch somebody's show. They'd be like, this went through like a rigorous process, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And we got a show out of it. It's not public access. But these are like scripts written by people that we've approved. We have network people who like read the scripts and are like, for better you or can't, worse. Yes. For better or worse, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't show this, blah, blah, blah. And so the end product, again, for better or worse, but I think probably more better than worse, the end product was just like a newspaper, like the New York Times. Again, for better or worse, sometimes they do really dumb shit, but they do a lot of shit that is not dumb and, a, and many, many, many hundreds of pieces every day that go through like rigorous, the rigorous act of fact checking and editing and rewrites and fucking art direction and all the shit that makes a story a story. And like that produces, it actually does produce a better quality piece of content from a more verifiable and reliable source. So like TV used to do that really well. The TV networks use like HBO is HBO because HBO has really good fucking people. They have making, good taste. They have good taste, but they have good. Ed, they hire great editors. They hire great artists. They hire great directors. Like it is. It is not just about taste. It's not about just deciding that you want to put Deadwood on, but like who makes Deadwood, you know, and what are the scripts like? And anyhow, the point is like that's a lot of work. What YouTube's doing isn't a lot of work. What YouTube's doing is like make content for free. We'll make money off of it because like we give you a platform to host it and we can sell ads against it. And then whatever we have to do to keep you watching is what we're going to fucking do. And it doesn't really matter what's in that next thing. And like when they get caught, listen, if they never got caught, if nobody was ever like YouTube, this is offensive. If literally nobody was ever like, hey, why are these Nazis all over YouTube? Do you think YouTube would be like, yeah, they don't give a shit. They wouldn't be like, we got to stamp They're this out. They're pushing numbers. They wouldn't be, it's like Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey, uh, as much as I'm sure he would say publicly, like, no, I don't like Nazis. He likes that Nazis use his network. It's good for business. It shows that more there are more monthly active users. Mm -hmm. And all these businesses are predicated on scale and use, active users and who's seeing ads. And so, like, anyhow, the point is, it's really fucking annoying. I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole of YouTube. I feel like there's a specific Facebook thing. Facebook deep fakes. Oh, the fake the deep fakes. Yeah, sorry. So it's like, so now, okay, so sorry, getting back to, so I think it's deep a- Deep book face fakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's one thing I'll say. Uh, Facebook, oh, we, got, we were talking about creators and content creators. Who's creating content? It is insane that kind of anybody can go on Facebook and post a video and they can put it under an account that's like, you know, the world news, world news net or whatever. And people are like, oh, world news net just posted this, this thing of Donald Trump. And it's like, that's. You can pay to promote it. Just so a guy. follows you. That's just, just a guy in his fucking mom's basement do, slowing down a video of Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Like, that's not even a person who has any idea what they're doing or what the ramifications of what they're doing are. And it's definitely being sold to you as like news. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. I was a blogger. We were like, you know, at Engadget in 2007, people were like, you guys are news. They're like, you're dumb fucking bloggers, you know? But, like, we worked really hard to, like, do news. And earn their respect. Yes. Apple didn't invite us to their events. Then eventually they did because they're like, wow, you guys are doing really good stories and you're telling really great, like, you know, you're doing a really good job of, like, telling the story about what we're doing. And, wow, like, even though we don't agree with a lot of the shit you write, we have to respect that you're working really hard to, like, make something good that lots of people respond to and respect. That was what it used to be. I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to be like in my day. But now it's like nobody gives a fuck. Now it's just like the whole gate, the floodgates have been open. 
like I, citizen journalism is, is in many ways is can be very bad when you well, think about the, it. The, the thing is, is nobody goes to YouTube for accurate reporting. What they go to is because somebody got attention, and it's an attention economy, not a news or information well, or it's even entertainment. Like it's an intelligence economy. It's no, no, just I mean attention. I mean the the Paul brothers are not it's just stunts. Yeah, they're like literally doing fucking uh, punked. Mm-hmm. It's not valuable. It's just like keeps you watching. That's not like that should not be the thing that we peg all of our value to. But also, I do think I'm not saying that citizen journalism is bad. It's not when it's done really well. It can be fucking amazing. And like if you think about like Ferguson or all, you know, all of the the, the bad shit that's been caught on on video or or all of the people who've gone into places that you couldn't normally get into and have shot video and shot photos and like who are not like traditional journalists, unbelievable value there. But like. There are people who are working for like the greater good of, and then there's the Jacob Walls of the word. This world. isn't either or because YouTube has done a really good job of creating YouTube Kids, which is a separate app with a curated experience. Yeah. And YouTube Music is fairly curated and marked I mean, it's, and it's tagged a li- about a little what bit. is good music, and it, it's heads and tails above just my homepage, which is just like a, we've decided you care about politics, so here's like you know Joe Schmo ranting about uh, fucking abortion clinics using fetal tissue to create clones of the Pizzagate. Like, th- that fucking shit pops up for me, and I, I have know. never touched it. Yeah. Like, they can do a better job of curating it. Like, there's this isn't a binary thing. They just don't want to put the resources, and they don't, they're not passionate about the goal. And so even if people inside the company are, if that idea of creating a curated, like, a, a prestigious, good experience doesn't excite the people at the top, and what excites them is knowing that they have the biggest reach and the best numbers, then you can see in their result what they're chasing. I mean, I think that I do think it's like, you know, well, curation is one thing, but there's no way to curate just such an overwhelming amount of content. and And the engines they've created are so they're so attuned to one type of thing. To getting people to watch more, that it's, it's like the next it, tap. At this point, to go back and go, well, wait, maybe we should curate for like, you know, the verifiable, how verifiable this content is, or how like, you know, you know, people with twenty five million followers on on YouTube or whatever are spewing absolute shit. Like, how many subscribers did, did Alex Jones have? I mean, his his career skyrocketed because of things like YouTube, you know. And it's like it didn't it didn't matter until it mattered, you know. And I think that I, I do think it's like the incentive system is bad, and I think that. Um, it's not that you. It's not that Google. I'm sure if you ask most executives at Google, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure of this, but I think if you ask a lot of senior people at Google, they'd say like, "I don't. I think this is wrong. I don't think we should be running. You know, we shouldn't have these kinds of videos. We shouldn't host them. We shouldn't direct people towards them." But at the end of the day, it's about it's about the bottom line. It's about how many impressions you know they can add impressions they can sell. It's about how many views they can get on a fucking video. And it's like we have to live in a world where 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 Logan Paul is interviewing Alex Jones because that's the world YouTube has created. I do think. I mean, I hate to go to this place, but to your point about like more, there's maybe everybody doesn't need to upload a video. I think it's actually more like maybe we all don't need to be looking at fucking YouTube that much. Like maybe we are actually just wasting our time looking at YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Like like I'm not sure there's that much real value in YouTube. No, like. I've- I I used to just like leave YouTube on, and like fi- I would find lots of weird stuff that was mo- sometimes good, and other times it was just noise in the background. Having like deciding that I want to step back from it because I'm really worried about it, and it really upsets me. And I've uh, every day I'm reminded in their horrible decisions, actions, or statements, w- the kind of people that are running that platform. Having really stepped back, um, I've been listening to a lot more like podcasts, reading more books. 
Um, even like just look getting my news from even like Reddit is better than YouTube. And I, I don't think it's like a necessary thing that we all like fucking need to engage. Like I don't need to know who Logan Paul is. And maybe we don't need even if it just keeps our 12 year olds quiet. Maybe like we just don't let them watch that. Well, I mean, that's there is also just a I mean, if it, look, there's a real I mean, somebody was talking about somebody wrote some article about some like. Some fucking, you know, 12 year old radicalized kid or whatever who had already been covered being having been some like foul mouth skater girl or whatever, like two years previous. But it's like, listen, look, uh, you know, if your kid is getting radicalized on YouTube, yes. Yeah. If your kid's getting radicalized on YouTube at the age of 12, like you're doing something wrong as a parent. I guarantee fucking to you. It doesn't just happen spontaneously. It doesn't. You need to like limit that kid's access to shit. They won't just seek it out anywhere. Like it's not like. Kids are just like, man, I want to become a racist. Like, how do I get, where's the literature I can get on that? It's like, you have to be indoctrinated. You either have to be raised in it or you have to be indoctrinated by people in but your peer group. But even if you're not a kid, like, there are people who do not engage with the news or, like, all of that because it's not fun or exciting. And a lot of them watched Fox News because it was, my dad put it once, I just prefer watching it. It's more fun. Like, because it, it, it's opinion and it's people yelling and it's flashing in your face. YouTube is now a place where a lot of older people, people who are on the fringes of politics but are now hearing that things are crazy, are getting into it because it's the most, like, you know, it's got the juiciest stories that are unbelievable. And it's like, well, they're unbelievable because they're not true. And it's got the most, like, fringy person gets the most attention. Like, Ben Shapiro is able to create a giant YouTube fucking monopoly because he can be the most like the most version of that thing that he is. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There's nobody stepping in and being like, you know, it's okay to have an Elizabeth Hasselbeck, but we don't need a Ben Shapiro or whatever, which you do on television. It's kind of really shitty that, I don't know, it, it the platform by its nature will promote fringy voices and loud voices and attention and yeah. entertaining voices. Yeah. Um, ben Shapiro destroys XYZ The whole thing, the whole thing is geared towards, it's like, it's like this, this like weird, um, like self-fulfilling sort of thing where I don't know that it's just like it's the whole thing has been almost like the entire culture of YouTube has been almost like algorithmic algorithmically generated in a way to a very uh, negative and poor spot. Hey, um, did you hear about Justin Bieber wants to have an MMA fight with Tom Cruise? Mm, speaking of, speaking some people of... are adjusting really well to fame and drug addiction. So what's the deal? So is Justin? Do we think Justin Bieber is like? He's super into his Chris, so into his Christianity that he's like Tom Cruise. You're like, uh, you're a Scientology guy, and I think you like Scientology should be stamped out, and I'm gonna fight you over it. Maybe. Is this a religiously like a religious I don't motivation? Know the brain cells that sparked together to cause the tweet, but I do know that the spark was itself was caused by probably cocaine. I would imagine. Has anybody re- did Tom Cruise respond to this at all? No. And then eventually, Bieber was like, "I changed my mind. I'm not doing it." Yeah. <laughs> I tweet lots of crazy things. I mean, imagine. <laughs> okay. I mean, the one thing you gotta wonder is like, I wonder would, if he's well. But like, sure. Remember but, when Amanda Bynes wanted Drake to murder her vagina? We're the, getting real close to that territory. I mean, I think she speaks for all of us. Um, now, here's a question: <laughs> Do do we think that I feel like pretty strongly that Tom Cruise would be pretty good in a fight? Yeah, does a lot of his own stunts. Yeah, but and Scientology definitely has some Krav Maga people. Training him. I think it's the wrong religion, but um, isn't that isn't that an Israeli? Isn't sure, but Scientology is super down to just start its own navy. Sure, I guess. <laughs> that is true. Um, 
I don't know though. Like so, I mean, listen. You know, I'd be rooting for the cruise missile. You know, I'm all in on Tom. Yeah. But Justin Bieber could have a kind of animal energy, like a Canadian animal, Coke. That, like a cocaine, cocaine mixed with you know he's from face tattoo energy. He's from Canada. You know, like a wolf, <laughs> like a Canadian wolf. Anyhow, Anyhow, I don't know what to make of it. All right, so wait, there's also there's just some other stuff going on, some other great stuff happening. Did you see the thing with Vulture? Well, no, I don't wait. Know if you would what happened about this? Oh, what happened? Is this from this thing? Is this from this? Uh, I saw there's a cover of New York Magazine. It's got um, drag stars on it. So they did the 50 most powerful drag queens. Um, they told them that they were all going to do a cover shoot, but then they only released six covers, but they didn't tell them that. Then they didn't tell them they were ranking them. They, they said they were highlighting them, and so they started ranking them. The rankings are wrong. Most of the reporting is wrong. They asked most of them to give them their annual salary so they could include it, which is like private information and kind of wrong. Um, they they just bungled this from like beginning to end. It just came off as very, um, uh, very like commoditizing of these people as opposed to respecting them as artists or like it. It was like a drag is powerful now and mainstream. No, it was like, it was like, but then they don't treat them like mainstream celebrities. They treat them like people who should be thankful that they'll be in New York Magazine. It's like it's like drag is like sports now or whatever. Yeah, and they, but even their all their reporting was wrong. Like they listed the wrong seasons that people were on that were in their top ten. Some of people's descriptions was just something like specific and like personal about them. Something like you know so and so had cancer once and. Now they're better. And you're like, this is not, as an entertainer, like, it, it was just very bad. And I can't believe, first off, that it got published. But second, like, that we're, it's Pride Month and everybody's fucking this up. We are in 2019. It is not that hard to just ban people who say faggot on your platform or ask a drag queen a question and then write down what she says and then put it in your magazine. Like, mm. this isn't rocket science. Doesn't it feel like, it feels like one of those things, you know. A piece went up on the outline about LGBTQ reporting is so bad. Very bad. Well, it's it's like a lot of things where you actually need to be super knowledgeable about the thing you're reporting on, where you like need to have like an intimate knowledge and understanding of like the history of a thing. Yeah. And like the culture of a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't write about like the top and fifty NBA all players. Time. And this is like literally everything Barry Weiss writes is like um, <laughs> yeah. just like a, somebody who's just culturally totally like a phony, and. Um, uh, and many, many of the op-ed people at the New York Times. But uh, to me, it felt like it was one of those things where somebody was like, oh, my God, everybody's talking about drag. Like, let's do a let's do a drag thing. Like, let's we can drag get is, them. It's like there was somebody who was like, drag is cool now. That's our take. Drag is drag is huge. It's sports. And somebody was like, yes, that drag is sports now or whatever. And they're yeah. like, that's our idea. And like. You know, of uh, uh, like avoiding the actual work of knowing. And by the way, I know very little about the space. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a lot of wigs that well versed. I understand there are some wigs involved. You'd be surprised to find out how many of them are men. I've heard that some are men. Um, and uh, anyhow, but uh, so so I just think it felt felt like one of those things where it's like I don't know about this world, but I have an idea about it, and now that's my concept, and now I'm doing it, and now it's the cover story, and oh, I screwed some stuff up. Well. You know, reporting's tough. Here's why this depresses me. Being a journalist me. is hard. From a media perspective, why this depresses me is, okay, so like a couple weeks ago, that story went viral about how two white lesbians were attacked because they wouldn't kiss in front of a group of men, so the men beat them. Wait, did this happen? Yes. And oh. this was reported, it's a very serious, horrible story, obviously, but this story went viral. It was reported everywhere mainstream. It was very, quote unquote, horrifying, and it is horrifying. But the more horrifying thing is that most of those outlets have not reported on 
how many trans women have been murdered this year, especially trans women of color, the insane murder or like suicide rate for that group. And it's just that to me just signals how racist and how um, how people passed gay marriage because they knew someone like them and that that looked like them and acted like them who wanted it and that humanized that thing. And because trans women of color don't look or act like the mainstream consumer of news product, that these horrifying crimes, which should have their own podcast series, like every white woman who gets murdered gets a podcast series fetishizing her killer as being sexy and could he have done it. Mm. And, and these people I've, get literally yeah. no attention. That story goes viral, but I don't expect... See that kind of like CNN stuff to, to always get it right. Like that's why Glad exists. That's why we I'm constantly talking about it. But what bothers me is that Vulture, a, a flip story about popular celebrities that everybody likes, literally everybody likes. Little kids go to DragCon. Uh, my aunts watch Drag Race and text me about it. It's a mainstream thing. It's sports they, now. They don't have the respect that they that treating these people like actual celebrities. They treat them like they should be thankful for the opportunity. And it just feels like. From a media perspective, this particular Pride Month has been, from every angle, reinforcing to me how little everyone cares or understands. And, like, the fact that, like, that this is also tenuous. That this just reinforces to me, like, how much we need Pride because it feels so tenuous. Like, we are are not that far out from the passage of gay marriage. We are not out of the AIDS epidemic. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we're, I mean, you know, we could be, we could be living in a world where that shit's getting repealed any day now. I mean, fucking Vulture can't get it right. Well, Vulture? You have to remember that. New York Magazine? You have to remember. Wow. You got very loud in that portion, by the way. My ears are literally hurting. (laughs) But here's the thing that's interesting. I mean, there is a connection between, and I don't want to bring it back to my world. Because drag is not my world. I'll openly admit yet. That. Not yet. I'm going to get you in some fish. Thinking about what, <laughs> would, my, what would my drag name? What would my drag name be? Hmm. I know there was a uh, guy at my mom's old hair salon whose name was Sandy Beaches, which I thought was an amazing. His drag name was was Sandy Beaches, and I was like, "That's a really good. That's really good." I don't know if maybe Sandy Beaches is still out there. Cy B Punk. <laughs> it's not very clever. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever you can, we'll stew on this. If we'll have something. Ready I have for... a list of drag names, but I can't give them to you. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. Mine, give mine would be Bodega. Bodega. Yeah, like yeah. Bodega. That's good. Oh, Bodega. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I like that. I, I need a pill. My favorite drag name, by the way, I, I think I've said it on the podcast, but I have to say it. Yeah. is Karen from Finance. <laughs> yeah, Karen. <laughs> Karen from Finance is really good. Okay, but what I was gonna say is like to bring this back into my world a slightly, yes. a slight bit. I do think there is. This is a great example of. By the way, magazines have been doing this forever, where they are like so desperate to create a sensational talking point, like a thing that. By the way, magazine covers are bad. I have like I have a. I am very anti the magazine cover. In this, I love magazines and I love magazine covers. But what I fucking hate is, and it's a very modern thing. It's more modern than ever, where people are like always trying to like blow people away with their their big statement, their big fucking like, oh shit, you know, like mm-hmm. like 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 uh like they put someone on the cover and then the Caitlyn Jenner thing. Yeah, or like I don't know if they've done this. But it's like Trump, but he's a black guy. Oh yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Whether you're like, oh shit, like, and, like I don't know what that statement would be. Neither do they. But they're like, working backwards from the saying. cover. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it's like when New York, actually New York Magazine is great. They did a big cover right before the election with Donald Trump on it. And it said loser. And they were like, oh, we're going to fucking like jump out ahead of this. And it's like, oh, yeah, he won. Now you look like dummies. And you actually had to write like an apology where you're like, yeah, like that was sort of we kind of jumped the gun. 
They're like, probably, what if and probably contributed was dressed like CGI Sonic? Yeah, is what I'm talking. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like Sonic, like Sonic's dick is on the cover, you know? And yeah. it's like, you're like, oh, they died. Actually, that would be an amazing cover. And I don't even care what the story is. Frankly, we're starting a magazine here now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the magazine is like nude video game characters, but not the ones that you're like. No, they're like B-listers. Not like the ones you want to see nude. No. It's like Sonic. Uh, it's like uh, it's like one of the the punks from Streets of Rage, or like uh, actually, Bubsy. I, I, I think the punks from balls. Yeah, Bubsy, Bubsy is huge, <laughs> a huge sack. Um, anyhow, okay, but yeah, I do think it's like it, it's that pursuit to be like to, to be like oh, like we got the drag is sports now or whatever. Yeah. And it's like oh wow, cool idea, but it's like so your easy. your story's fucking bullshit. And you didn't, it's not well researched, and it's insensitive to the community that you're actually trying to fucking cover and the people you're talking about. Anyhow, what else? Let's let's barrel through a couple of topics here, and then we should like. Uh, well, um, what do we got? You want to talk about uh, politics because we've been circling around let's it. Let's jam through. Sarah let's jam Huckabee through. Sanders is quitting. Okay, that's a dream come true. Her poor family has to see her now. Oh wow! Um, remember when like there was this controversy about her wearing eye makeup or whatever? Um, People wouldn't have talked about it if her eyes pointed in the same direction. Okay, that or is had any expressiveness. Listen, I'm not going to comment on that. But I will say she fucking sucks and good riddance to bad rubbish. And I hope it's a sign that things are falling apart even more than they were before. How bad does it have to be for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to be like, I heard Subway's hiring? (laughs) It must be. I'm hoping. I got to feel. There's also this thing about Kellyanne Conway is like they're talking about like she should be like removed from her position or whatever. Mm -hmm. Security clearance should be. Yeah, true. there's so many bad things happening all at once. But it, I do wonder, like, is the what piece of information came in that we finally decided she doesn't seem like a good person to I know, trust? I know they're like secrets. They're like we just got it back. Remember uh, when just... she made up the Bowling Green massacre? Yes, yes, I do. Um, but it's like they, yeah, they like they're like, well, we just got the report back. She's bad. <laughs> like it's like really. You needed the fucking report. Anyhow. She looks but, like one of the Skeksis from the Dark Crystal, and they're like, she might be a bad guy. Listen, I, I'm my thing is I don't comment on the way people look, okay? Unless it's Trump. You know? Mike Pence looks like um, a reanimated Nazi at the end of a superhero movie. Who, that's like, definitely true. I mean, that's guy. definitely true. But <laughs> but but what I think what's important, what we should always keep in mind, is that you can call him, like, the Cheeto Man or whatever, Ugh. but... But it's not his like bad tan job that's the problem, and it's not the thing that we should be focusing on. I'm not saying say whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. this is America. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Apparently, yeah. And, on and YouTube, if you, <laughs> and if you say it on Twitter, they'll they'll promote it and pay you for it. Um, but uh, I just think it's like you know I don't want like it's like I can talk about his bad tan, but like what I really want to talk about is like his bad brain, um, which is also disgusting and reprehensible. Uh, can we talk about Dark Phoenix for a second? Yeah. I know you were going to get into politics, but I want to go back up to this nerd culture. This is pretty culture. political. I haven't seen it. It looks bad to me. And I like the X-Men, but I feel like they've totally lost the thread on this one. What's going on with it? You saw it. Give me your give me your quick review, your quickie review. Uh, definitely better than The Last Stand, one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Wait, The Last um, Stand was the one directed by Brett Radner. Yeah. X3. Mm-hmm. That movie sucks. It's horrible. It's terrible. There's, a like, a huge, like, there's like a huge like gay allegory in that movie or like attempt whole, at it. The whole thing is... Um, but it was um, not good. It was boring, which is probably the worst sin a blockbuster movie like that can can uh, commit. Uh, it did not understand the point of the original story, and the original story is a little outdated anyway. I love the Dark Phoenix story, but if you were to update it, there are some things you could do uh, that they didn't. Sophie Turner's great in it. Is she, I heard she was very bad. No, I thought I she, was she was very boring. Pretty fine. Um, 
But, I mean, it's tough because the movie itself doesn't seem to care about itself or the characters. Like, they just kind of seem to be running through it. Um, and it just reinforces how much the X-Men should be a TV show where we get to see these people and grow with their relationship and see, like, what their lives are like on a regular basis with, like, a monster of the week and not a movie because they have to rush all of this stuff in. And, I mean, the X-Men timeline at this point is, like, a joke. It wasn't good. I can't recommend seeing. Yeah, it. I don't even get when it's on streaming. I don't. I don't get. What's go- I don't should. get what's going on with the timeline. I um, nobody does. I there's three timelines. They have this. Somebody has a, had a great meme where it was like they'd be four. It was like they show Michael Fassbender in like the new movie, and it's set in like the '90s, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then like they show um, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen in uh, in like the first X Men movie is like is 2000, yeah. and it's like what happened in this 10 years? Because like in that movie, he's like. 70? Sorry, but I'm not buying that Michael Fassbender is an escapee from a concentration camp, like a Jewish escapee from a concentration camp. That Michael Fassbender doesn't read. Yeah. Michael Fassbender reads as someone who is operating the oven. Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Although, like, he's like a... I mean, I think they actually sort of go into that. But I think First Class is really good. Yeah. First Class is really good. And what was the second one? Days of Future Past. Oh, yeah, that was... It was fine. It was fine. And what we, Apocalypse so So terrible. Terrible. Apocalypse is one of these movies where just like it's like every Marvel and DC movie. Not every Marvel, but uh, well, some of them, and certainly every DC movie, where it's like big guy with a fire wand, maybe, or a thing that shoots like a chain. It shoots a laser from a handgun, or there's a thing in the middle of his forehead that can project something or whatever. And he's got a bunch of henchmen that are like mm, sort of devil guys, but they're not. They're alien bad people. They're bad people from space. That's that guy. It's like a vague. He's from under the earth, but also space. He's like a large, scary guy who has powers, who can summon things maybe, has henchmen possibly and and frankly oh, wants to destroy the world that's the other thing and this, wants to destroy the world yeah. and or universe for reasons to that cleanse. are yeah yeah cleansing to bring a cleansing yeah, fire sure it's like i'm sorry these, these fucking plots are like it's all the same thing at least with thanos i hate to give more i hate to give anybody credit because frankly i think a lot of these movies are very lazy although you know as you know i'm a now i'm a marvel stan at um, least with thanos you knew he had a big piece <laughs> thanos's plan was like it was like kind of uh, good because it was like totally overwhelming and ridiculous, but also had a weird diabolical like Hitler esque logic to it. Yeah, he, they they made like Infinity War and Endgame as his story, sort of, and so with him as a hero, they gave it an internal logic and like a journey that he was on, um, which m- made him a real character. The problem with the X with, with Dark Phoenix is that it the entire story is predicated on we've seen the X Men save the world so many times that nobody could doubt them, and then when they screw up a little bit, the public turns and it was the thing I was just talking about, which is like oh, this is all so tenuous. Acceptance is so tenuous, right, and we always right, have to be perfect. Right, but they've we haven't in, seen that. Also, all we've seen is them fucking things up on a global scale and are, then I, saving it at the last minute. I also think. I also think. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I also do. I do think that they, and particularly in the first, I want to say the first two movies, and I hate to say, and they're Brian Singer. Movie, so I know it's controversial. But they're good. They are good. I I'm just saying those movies are the I think the best of the X Men movies. Particularly X Two, I think is really good. Which oh, X Two is amazing. I mean, X Two really. My recollection is it actually sets up the Phoenix story 
like it's supposed to set up the Phoenix story. Maybe that happens in 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 uh, X three, but I don't remember because I hated it so much. And Brett Ratner is such a terrible fucking director. So he's such a it's such a crazy. You're like oh like Brian Singer who was known for making really good thoughtful like challenging movies, and then like Brett Ratner who made Rush Hour. Okay, sure, I guess if you want your movie to be dumb. Um, at any rate. But they did a good job in those movies of depicting this idea that, like, that the people's, the like, tolerance was, like, that, that people could be swayed to become, like, wildly intolerant and, and basically bad by, like, political figures or, like, things that happen, you know, big events that happen. I mean, I think it's very much, very. it was very, like... It was like, about, like, fear versus hope. I feel like the second one was definitely, like, had some 9-11 stuff in oh, it. Yeah. I, I can't remember when it came out, but I want to say it was, like, 2003, maybe? 2004 2003 anyhow but there's like that whole thing where it's like you know like oh all of a sudden we you know we hate you know we hate arab people in america now because you know what if the government's telling us that we should but i think that um i think that 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 i love that thread in the way they kind of painted that picture and the x-men did this in the comics where it was like public opinion can turn against you and then you'll become like i mean it is very much like magneto's story where it's like oh this is here's a guy who like survived the holocaust and you can see another type of Holocaust that could happen. It's based on the way people are that has nothing to do with, like, who they are. Yeah. You know? Like, like a mutant is just a person who can, you know, control the weather. No big deal. I mean, actually, we should be fearful of that. I, I have to say, when you think about it, it's like, oh, he shoots lasers from his eyes that can cut through buildings and people. Yeah, I do feel like we should do something about that instead of just, like... Well, we gotta so trust... Can... We gotta so trust... you're pro-sentinel. We gotta trust him to be good... Just found out you're present. I don't know. There's a good argument. Magneto's not good. He's fucking like using. He's like. Well, Magneto was right. He's like redirecting bullets into people's brains and shit. Yeah, Magneto. But it's of course, there is a good argument though. And by the way, I'm not saying that I'm making this argument. I can understand the argument. You're like the. But that's why the movie's good. Professor you can Xavier get... can control people with his mind. Let's make sure he's not going to do that to the wrong person. Yes, that's why those movies are good or, though, because yeah. you can see both sides of how those characters got there. But look, I, I'm not advocating for sentinels or concentration camps. I would never do that. But I'm saying I understand. But that's the great the great tension that exists there, which is like you can see the reason for it. But then, you, but by the way, the, Marvel tries to do this with the Avengers to some degree. Mm. They're a little less successful though because like not all the Avengers seem that spectacular. They're kind of like they're kind of like I mean they, Black Widow. Like you're just good at shooting, I guess. She's yeah. just good at lying. No, I mean it's actually Hawkeye and Black Widow, and to some extent Iron Man are just like people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with weird fetishes. They're also, like, like the Hulk is trying very hard to not be the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like on a really weird fat life. <laughs> like the, <laughs> They're on the weirdest like forum on fat life. Yeah. It's like anybody have a suit, like a Iron Man suit. I'm into guys with Iron Man suits that you fly. Have 16 Iron Man suits that could rip me apart. I'm looking for a guy who will transform when angry. Into a gigantic green monster. I'd like a lady who can snack, snap my neck with her thighs, but will lie to me constantly. Also, it is always leather, obviously. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, all right. Should we? We should. We're, we're nice things. What else? We do nice things? Nice things. Okay. Let's do nice things. More we, shit we, we didn't skip. Do we skip anything important? Oh, well, the media isn't covering the massacre in Sudan. So Google I mean, that. Wait, but what's new? I know. That to me is par for the course for the media. It's just so depressing. It's very depressing. All right, All right, go ahead. Nice things. Wow. <laughs> yes. Neither yeah. are we. Yeah. Nice things. We Bye. ran out of time. Yeah, do nice things. Um, nice things. Uh, so 
because I've been off of YouTube, um, I've got two podcast recommendations. I was looking for some podcasts that were like single stories followed or whatever, um, because I have a lot of uh, comedy and variety shit. Uh, but I was like, all right, let's do some of these. And there were some that I couldn't get through the first episode of. Here's the best and the worst, I'm going to tell you. And they're both nice. One is To Live and Die in L.A., which is the story of an actress who went missing. Um, and her boyfriend, it's pretty clear from the beginning that the boyfriend is involved, but then there are so many twists and turns and like weird reveals. And it all kind of happens in real time as the podcast is recorded. Like the reporter got on the story before it was announced to the larger media. Um, so there is a ton of first person interviews with like the mother of the victim and, you know, the father who uh, the guy was driving to see when the girl went missing. And like you just there's tons of stuff. And it is really wild that that it came together like this and that I haven't seen more people talking about it. So that was great. Then there's one called Something Was Wrong, which is maybe the worst podcast I've ever heard in my life. Um, and this is no knock on the person who made it, except their work is bad. Uh, it is about. It's like 10 or 12 episodes recounting the story of this girl who dated a guy and almost married a guy who ended up being pretty sociopathic. I think it's like kind of fair to say he created like catfish accounts and stole her phone. Uh, is this the guy? Is this the people that had like they were like getting married? They were on like Good Morning America. Am I thinking of some, there's some like know. influencers or something? Well, anyway, the family is no. the family is super Christian. Oh. And extremely like self righteous and and also Red extremely flag. gossipy. Oh. So the whole podcast is really drawn out. It's just like one time he came to our house and he asked for coffee cake and he ate it with the spoon. And I said I'll wash you a knife, but he ate it with a spoon. That's when I knew something was wrong. And I turned I, it over to God, okay. and God sent me a message through a dove. And I was like, they, they can't get married. Okay. And then at the end, he ends up he is kind of an unsettling, unsavory guy. But it's nothing that wild. Do the reveal get, is no, like no no spoilers. The re, no the, spoilers. The reveal is nothing Stop. like psycho. There's no twists. Wow. Way it to ruin the show for everybody. sucks. It's so bad. Spoiler alert. Ryan ruins everything. If you want to listen to a podcast where the quote unquote victims so and You're saying this is a host, nice thing or bad? It's great. Okay. Where the victim and the host are as sanctimonious, narcissistic, and self-involved as the sociopath they encounter. Oh, there you go. Wow. That's a, that's a really good write-up. <laughs> um, I, would, I mean, I would really good like whatever. I would- You'd I, click. I would cl I'm clicking on that. Um, and then my, my true, my one true actually nice thing is that the Spice Girls are making an animated movie and I'm very pumped. That's it. Original songs. I'm sorry. All five ladies. I don't get it. They had one, one hit. They had lots of hits. I don't remember. They made a really great movie though. It's called Spice World. You should check it out. Avant-garde piece of art house, grindhouse film. Uh, I, I know I had more nice things. Like, I feel like I had other nice things. By the way, I remember I said I downloaded Skyrim and mm -hmm. I was like this, like, I don't know why. And I was like, it looks bad, but it actually looks pretty good. But also, Skyrim, super buggy, fully crashed my PS4. Like, 100%, like, had a, the application is closed, see you later. Uh, but it's kind of fun. It's interesting. It's a lot. It, talk about a game that's where it's, like, really asking a lot. Yeah. I'm, like, going to give me introduced to all sorts of characters that have all sorts of stories to tell that I do not give a fuck about. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You're like in uh-huh. What's happening? All right. Okay. Oh, really? Your cousin. All right. That's interesting. It's like, you know what, guys? Like who okay. Anyhow, but I'm gonna add that as a nice thing because it is kind of fun and escapist. Um so I, you know, I've you know I'm a big fan of of the uh fake meats. Mm -hmm. All the fake meats. I like all fake meats. You love a real doll. 
I love a real doll, and I like to feed a real doll an Impossible Burger. Chicken um, and nuggets. Yeah. Actually, yes. Those are great. C-H-I-K. Yeah, those are great. Those are great. You're vegetarian, are you? Yeah, I love so, a chicken you know, nugget. You're familiar with that. I mean, there's a lot of great items out there. Like, are you familiar with corn? You know, corn. Mm-hmm. It's Q. And they make, like, a, a, a chicken, like, filet. Like a, it is incredible, an incredible piece of, of engineering. But. So, you know, I've been, like, very bullish on the Impossible Burger. I went to a French—we have a French place near our house that we, that we went to the other—a couple weeks ago, and they now have the Impossible Burger, and I got an Impossible Burger, and it was, like, so fucking good. It was—I mean, it was, it was like—I was like, this is it. I'm—I'm—I like, don't ever have to eat a burger again if I can get these. Like, I feel—you know, I'm, like, done for life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd gotten Beyond Meat Burgers to grill last summer, and I would, didn't feel thrilled. I didn't think they were that good. But I grilled some the other day. And I got to tell you, they're really fucking good. And it's really satisfying. Yeah. And, like, I fed them to some, like, meat eaters, and they were like, these are really good. Where did you get these? And um, I have to say, I mean, everybody's talking about how, like, their stock price is inflated and all this bullshit. I don't know. I think this is a game changer. I really do think, like, once the prices come down, once there's more of these, once there's competition, and people are, like, making even better versions, I think it's an incredible moment in, like, food. And people really should step back and, and think about what this could potentially mean for the entire world. Because, like, meat's really bad for the planet. Yeah. Meat eating is bad. Not just for and the animals. Red meat is really bad for you. I'm not just saying be sad about the animals. Although I have to say, Zelda had a graduate. Hey, she had this graduation for her end of – she's an end of year thing. And she did Star Spangled Banner solo. Very good. And uh, But they, they, the kids went up and did a song about the earth, all these endangered species. And each – they had a whole class. Like 40 kids were like talking about all the endangered species and why they're endangered. And there's like too much hunting and fishing and blah, blah, blah. And then like then they're like, okay, everybody, it's it's thanks for coming. It's lunch. And there's like a, just a massive pl- tray of chicken fingers. It's like such a weird message. It's like the, these animals are endangered from too much hunting. Here, have some chicken. Like I was listening to a political podcast the other day that had a giant roundtable discussion on climate change, wrapped it and went to an ad for a, like a mailing. You could be mailed frozen steaks. <laughs> like we've got to stop all this crazy food shipping. They were like, like, we are over Omaha farming. steaks. If you want Omaha steaks thrown up to your door every day. Omaha steaks have been confusing me. It's like, I don't understand. Like how, why do I have to have this delivered? This does not make sense. Anyhow. Anyhow. But uh, Beyond Meat on the grill, if you do it right, you got to do it. You can't leave them on there too long. If you get the timing right, it's like three minutes on each side. Fucking delicious. Throw some fucking uh, mayo chop on on that thing. Put a little, put a little bun on it. Put your teeth into it. I think we'll let people pick their own dip. Dip it into some ranch. Ugh, that sounds good. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> sounds really delicious. All right, I think that's it. That's my only. Those are my nice things. All right, let's go eat. Do it. Let's do it. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been informed the reason Sarah Huckabee Sanders quit her job was to spend more time with your family.